this is the Shut Up and Just Create podcast. I am your host, Ayana Shun, and I have Mr. Kevin Foster, who is a writer, comedian from Compton, California, uh, that is currently writing on Craig's Ross Jr.'s Monogamy, the top-rated show on UMC TV. Uh, And your background starts from the 90s of doing comedy. Is that correct? You know, I was I was writing um, comedy. I wasn't performing comedy, um, okay. but I actually, uh, yeah, I actually got into writing because I had a photography business, and I was oh, shooting wow. a lot of actors and actresses. We were doing their headshots and stuff, and gotcha. I got I befriended a lot of them, and I was looking at a lot of their scripts, you know, because they were going on auditions and they had to keep updating their looks. So I mm. give them new pictures. And then, then I got to look at their scripts, and it was like, this isn't that good, you know? <laughs> it didn't seem that hard. But what I learned, this is back in the 90s now, there weren't a lot of black writers in TV. So you had a lot of white writers trying to write dialogue for black characters. Ah, okay, okay. And I can understand that. Yeah, and so I'm looking at this going, well, this isn't us. This isn't how we sound. And... and <laughs> The actors would tell me, well, we have some levity. We can sometimes make some some changes on set. Okay, but, okay. Yeah, they, would, they would confide in me. They said, no, there's no white writer, There's no uh, black writers in the room. And I was like, wow, this is a black show. There's no black writers in the room? <laughs> um, and then a very good friend of mine, um, Jasmine Lewis. Um, okay. Everybody knows her. She's been in the business forever. Gotcha. And she's always working. Um, but... Most people know her as um, Ice Cube's wife in the Barbershop series. Okay, 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 yeah. okay, um, yes, yes. But she was um, up for, it was a big movie. Um, I think it was um, Independence Day. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and she was up for the part that was eventually given to Vivica. Okay, okay. And uh, Vivica Fox. And um, I was reading the dialogue for it, and the banter between that character and the Will Smith character wasn't, you know. Didn't connect. No. And so (laughs) I wrote her some sample stuff. And then she was like, well, why don't you, uh, you know, you ought to consider writing. Why don't you do this yourself? (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I would do. I would get scripts that she was on. She was on a lot of shows. And I'd I'd read her scripts. And then I'd like write an episode of whatever show she was on. And I was doing that essentially for practice. But gotcha. um, yeah, but she and I worked on a film called The Matador Principle um, oh, wow. a long time ago, and it was getting picked up and was going to be produced. And then, it, you know, it, as some things happen, they fall out of production. But after that, I had the bug. You know, I figured, OK, I got you. I got yeah. you. You was like, hey, let's let me go ahead and get my hands in a ring. I've seen yeah. what they try to portray us as on the exactly. screen. There's a missing hole here. Let me go ahead and get in where I fit in. You know, there's a lot of stories we have to tell. Our, you know, black people are not a monolith. We have a lot of different ways to it's, tell our stories. When you come to mainstream, they always have it represented in one manner or two manners. Uh, yeah. and, and it never deviates from the script. It's the same story, exactly. different actors. <laughs> you get what I'm exactly. saying? Same story, exactly. different actors. Well, we get, we get in this rut of where we think that we all have the same story. Um, you know, I grew up in Compton, which is a you know, if you if you believe the hype, it's supposed to be like this gang ridden, right, right, you know, right, totally you know, 
like like living in Beirut or something. Like you know, you, I, I, I get this all the time. You don't sound like you're from Compton. You know, <laughs> you know like I'm supposed that, to be. Like, that's that. That's that. Uh, how do you feel when someone say that? Like, how how do I supposed to sound? So you know, exactly. it's funny. It when it's funnier when I get that from black people. <laughs> you know, but that that's usually I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me make you a little more comfortable. Let me go get my gun. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go get my flag. Yeah. Right now, I got it uh, hanging around, tied across uh, two dice that's on the. Uh, on the you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, here, let me, let me get my sea walk on. Let me, let me <laughs> yeah, maybe. But no, it's 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 funny. It's um, I'm not. I mean, the people that I grew up in Compton sound exactly like I do. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, don't get me wrong. Um, I have a switch. <laughs> That I can, that I can flip. I'm <laughs> sure. I, I, I think we all have that switch. You know. I, you know, I think we all have that switch. Don't let the articulate. <laughs> you know, if I need to get hard, I can get hard. But <laughs> that didn't come out right. <laughs> but you know what I'm pause, saying. Pause. <laughs> Wrong Compton commercial. Wrong exactly. Commercial. Compton is a great place to be from because you get balance. You know. I got you. Um, I grew up in an area that was kind of upper echelon for Compton standpoint. My okay. father was a general manager of a car dealer. My mom was a computer programmer. So my life Oh, was so like, you, you grew up on the other side of the railroad tracks. You know, Compton had a track. Yeah, so exactly. It was Long Beach Boulevard. I grew up on the west side of Long Beach Boulevard. <laughs> I got you. Uh, I got you. <laughs> but our area, our area was really nice. I mean, we had, you know, like, you know, veterinarians and lawyers okay. and things like business owners, things like okay. that. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, the the kids in my neighborhood, you had a little bit of everything. I mean, you had okay. you had blue collar dads. You had gotcha. some great athletes. You know, there was probably four professional athletes on my block. You know, so okay. So you let's okay. So this is what we're gonna say. So Kevin came from Long Beach, California, but Kevin came from the burbs of Long Beach, California. No, I came from Compton. I moved well, to Long Beach. Okay, yeah. came from Compton, moved to Long Beach in the Burbs yeah. area of it. Oh, I'm totally Burbs now. My, I, I'm so, <laughs> I am so embarrassed by my neighborhood. It's, like, <laughs> it's no Brady Bunch. But, my, <laughs> but where I grew up, you know, my neighborhood was nice. But okay. If you, went, if you went across a couple of streets, okay, you kind of I got you. you. You see you know. what, what Compton or what Long Beach really, really yeah. looks like. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Exactly. So, um, but when you tell someone you're from Compton, they automatically assume you're going to be less intelligent, um, right. less, less qualified, um, gotcha. more violent, gotcha. and, and all these things. So I spent a lot of my life trying to live down that, that okay. 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 And it's probably one of the reasons that it helped my writing because it made me want to build my vocabulary so okay. that no one would assume that I was less intelligent by the way I spoke. I got you. I got you. So, I got yeah, you. So that little insecurity actually helped. Let <laughs> <laughs> well, me make sure I pull out my uh, T.I. Uh, Webster while I'm on this podcast with you. you know? Therefore, <laughs> I can make sure that I articulate in the manner that is not so Southern so and then I'm able exactly. to uh, keep up with, with you in this podcast. <laughs>
Well, you know, it's funny. It helps, like, you know, in, in my era, I came up in the 70s, 80s, and police were really hard on us. Gotcha. You know, mm -hmm. on us in particular. <laughs> so a lot of times... Oh, you know, they, they changed? Um, it's different. It's it, The Rodney King with the filming has got them a little more uh, accountable, but the attitude is still there. I mean, you take... Uh, you take accountable? Uh, well, I mean, it's supposed to be, but okay, okay. You know. I, I was just trying to, I was just trying to see. Put it this way, it's better than it was in the sense that in my day, it was normal for everybody in the neighborhood to have a, a cops whoop my ass story, you know. Okay. okay. And my son is not going to have a cops whoop my ass. Story. I got you. Yeah, I mean, I it was you. normal for us. I got you. So when it came to uh, coming from where you where you come from, and uh, even with the, I want to kind of take some time out on uh, what you just mm -hmm. shared, uh, even though I know this is mm -hmm. not necessarily what this podcast is about, uh, but you're speaking, <laughs> but you're speaking it's on, relatable. right, exactly. So what you're mm -hmm. stating is, hey, what went on back then, as far as with the whole Rodney King situation, this mm -hmm. was a, an everyday type of lifestyle that we lived in. Uh, Rodney King just so happened to made it national. Absolutely. For us, and that was one of the reasons why it was so upsetting for many of us. Okay. Um, when it happened, when the Rodney King thing happened, my my first impression was, finally, it's on tape. Okay. You know? Okay. Finally. Because okay. usually it's just your word against, like, I got you. white cops. Right, like, right. Tape. Finally, okay. finally, okay. finally, they'll believe us. And they still didn't. <laughs> which is, you know, people. Believe. And which which relates now though, which oh, relates now. Is this believe what they want to believe? They'll ignore their eyes, um, and believe what they want to believe. And, and I'll mm. tell you a perfect story, and it totally relates to writing. Um, I had an opportunity to write for, um, of a network TV show, and this was back in the '90s. Okay. Mid to late '90s. Um. I can't even really name the show. I mean, it, was, it got. It I got, got you. Bad. I got you. But I got you. It was a it was a white show. We'll say. I can't say the network. <laughs> Jackson Five had a song. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even share that. <laughs> Neither one of us can. <laughs> but I can hum it. I can't say it. We gonna we gonna <laughs> we gonna fix this in post. <laughs> and see, this is pre Zoom pre-FaceTime, pre-all that stuff. So I had conversations with people on phones after they had read my script. And there was kind of a little buzz about that script. Like, hey, this is this is new writer we haven't heard about. He's got a nice take on some stuff. Okay. You know? um, so I was starting to get calls. And I got called in on this show. And it's basically, th they had phone interviews with me and they had read my script. And then I got to producers and they were like, well, basically, you know, we want you on the squad. So you're the, you're in show business. And at the time I was a firefighter. So the question was, wow. is this going to be enough for me to leave firefighting? Okay. You know, okay. I had a young okay. family. So I went to the producers meeting where I was supposed to you know, meet with this guy and I'm sitting outside his office. He comes out, looks at me, walks back into his office. And he does this for about an hour and a half, almost two hours straight. He comes out every 15 to 20 minutes, looks at me and walks back in, doesn't ask me a question, doesn't ask his concierge, 
why I'm sitting outside his office or anything. But in his mind, the Kevin Foster that had written that Frazier spec script. He wasn't, he hadn't made it yet. Didn't look <laughs> he hadn't like pulled me. up yet. Yeah, he hadn't, he didn't, he didn't know what he looked like, but he knew he didn't look like me in his mind. So right. finally he's leaving. He's got his briefcase and he's heading out. And he goes, you know, um, you've been here all day. Who are you here to see? And I went, you know, and I said the name. It's just the same name what? on the door. He goes, well, I only had one meeting. It was at 2.30. I said, yeah, I was here at like 2.12 for my 2.30. Now wow. it's 4.30. I said, now that you know it's me, can we still have the meeting? He's like, well, um, well, well come in, come in. And um, So he brought me into his office, and then he goes, hey, and he called the producer of another show. And goes, hey, uh, and he looks at me and goes, are you, are you free tomorrow? Are you free tomorrow? And I went, okay, I can get free. What do we, you know, what do we yeah. need to do? And he gets on the phone, he tells his buddy, he goes, hey, I got this guy to be perfect for you. Um, and the show that he he told him that I'd be perfect for was, was uh, Homeboys in Outer Space. I, well, I figured you was going to say it was a black show. Yeah. And you can't get no black. But I wrote for Frazier. Right? Exactly. That was my point. And I was like, those are the, totally two different. Exactly. Two different, that, completely if, different. If genres, night and day different. was a night and day, <laughs> that would have started night and day. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what I heard from that. And I was like, uh, I don't know. That doesn't sound like a show that's going to get legs. It's going to be lasting for five seasons. Where this other show, Sounds like the kind of show that if I get on, I can leave Firefly. Right, 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 right. Um, gotcha. And make a long story short, I, I passed on the opportunity to have that other meeting. Um, and I got kind of disgruntled with the Hollywood thing in general. So I kind of backed away from it and I wrote some things for animation. Um, uh -huh. You know, luckily, <laughs> animated characters could be any color, they could be black. <laughs> So I was able to do some things, you know, in that realm. And I was a joke writer for, you know, some comedians and things like that. And okay. um, I did, I did what was called comedy punch up where a director or somebody would give me a script and say, Hey, um, this is the episode for this show. And uh, I like it, but it's just not moving in the first 10 pages. You know? Okay. And so they hand it to you and basically your job is to find something about the characters, give them some more dialogue, add an element, do something. It's like script doctoring. You know, where okay, you okay. punch it up, make it funnier, and then they pay you under the table. Because okay, they can't, okay. they can't credit you for that because they've already budgeted. I got you. So I did a lot of uncredited, you know, um, script doctoring and comedy punch up. And it kept me close enough to the, in to the industry where it, you know, held my interest. I got but, you. Eh, I kind of left it alone. I did other things. And so then, tell me, when it came to, he says, okay, look, I have somebody for you that I want you to meet, do the homeboy and out of space uh, aspect, and with you passing on that, uh, when, aside from, okay, this is not a show that will have longevity to where I can leave firefighting, uh, but some of us might have been like, you know, I would have still took that opportunity to kind of yeah. uh, get in, so to speak, or actually, what made yeah. you say, you know what, nah, this ain't gonna, this would not be my route. I would still, I would still get to where I'm going, but this won't be the route that I take. 
here's the thing. If I was at the time I was in my probably thirties. Okay. If I had been in my twenties without a gotcha. kid. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But in my thirties with a family, I was like, eh, no. Nah. And, and here's the other thing too. Firefighting was a good gig. So if I had a job that I didn't like or something, it'd have been like, okay. Okay, let, me, let me leave this quickly. Okay. This okay. Now. But I was gotcha. kind of satisfied. I was like, you know, I can do this on the side and, and I can still be attached to the industry, but I don't think, I don't even know if I want to be part of it. Okay. Know? Okay. Okay. And then like I've had other opportunities where, you know, people would say, well, why didn't you just, you know, like I had a, I had a, a, a romantic comedy that I wrote that the lead character um, is an air, was like a, a vice president at an aerospace company okay. and he's black. Um, divorced, had a, um, a young son who was about to go into college and he was becoming, was going to be a mechanical engineer. So okay. the dynamic between him and his son was really highbrow, you know, cause they're two smart young, you know, a young man and an old man, they're both really right, smart. Right, right, right. Um, so their humor was smart. Um, and it was him getting back into the whole dating thing after, after becoming a bigger success after his first marriage. Okay. Um, and he had a, you know, a black um, love interest okay. who was the head of, a, a, of, an, of an electronic auditing firm that was working with his company. So we had all these oh. really technical people and they gotcha. were all black. Gotcha. And gotcha. The script was, again, the script was getting a lot of buzz. And, and I had producers that were telling me, you know, um, I really love the script. But if you want us to sell it or if you want the studio to buy it, you got to make the characters white because no one's going to believe that, that this is real. Yeah. yeah. No one's going to believe arrow. You know, you, you literally have a rocket scientist as your lead character. No one's going to believe. And he's black. A black rocket scientist. Here's the worst part. Here's the worst part. <laughs> they did a table read and tested it with an audience. So they just had actors read the script. They tested it with a primi the primarily black audience, and what did they say? It's unrealistic. This wasn't, this wasn't it's unrealistic. Real. Yeah. So we are our own worst enemy in that regard. Sometimes. Gotcha. That, you know, gotcha. we were talking earlier about you know, like you get pigeonholed into writing one kind of story. Like everybody gotcha. wanted to write a game story or a kind of you know, at the in the nineties there were a lot of black sitcoms on, but they were all very kind of similar. You know, and if All you right. weren't going to write for one of those shows, you had to write a show that was like those Like shows. that shows. Yeah. Gotcha. Or if you were writing features, everybody wanted a Boys in the Hood two, three, four, five, six, you know? Yeah. Or they yeah. They wanted something that was gritty. You're from Compton. You know, give me, give me gritty. <laughs> My father was a sales manager at a Volkswagen dealership. I, I got gritty. <laughs> oh, they, we didn't have that kind of grit. <laughs> and our I, I got you. I definitely, yeah. I definitely got you on that. So that was that was kind of a that was a tough hurdle for me. I, I passed on some other things that, you know, where I had created it, and then someone wanted to make it completely okay. opposite. Okay. And I had the option. Okay, am I going to sell out? Well, I don't want to call it sell it out because just taking advantage of an opportunity. But right, 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 right. I want to just sell the script to get my foot in the door or did I hold on to it 
and so that I can eventually make it as my own story and, and have it be a black story. That yeah. brings us to now. Now, okay, you don't need a studio to make a film. You know, yeah. I can get, yeah. I can get my son. My son just graduated from Cal State Long Beach with his degree in film and TV. Nice. Two of his friends. Right. Phones. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> short. So I don't need the studios now. I can tell. <laughs> no, I don't have to wait for them to tell me um, that that character is unrealistic. If I can. Right. Find, right. Yeah. Right. You find the time. I can get it made. So now it's a good time. The difference is the money is way different. Way different. You know, back in the 90s, if you were on a show, especially a network show, as a writer, you were going to make probably anywhere from seven to 10,000 or so a week for- Say that number weeks. one more time. The audio That's went out. And just Okay. It was, if you were a writer in the 90s, you were going to be on for a seven, you, you could be making seven to 10 grand a week for 22 weeks. Oh, so that's, wow. a couple, that's a couple hundred thousand dollars. And, right. and that, that's 1992. Money. That's why I said, oh, wow. That you was, know? that was, that was real money back then. Come on. It's real money now. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, I mean, even in, in I mean, Cal, I'm, I'm in Southern California. The LA, the LA housing market is ridiculous. Right. You know? um, my first home I bought in Compton was $105,000. It was a brand new home. And it was a you know nice area and all that kind of stuff. That same home I bought in 1989. That same home now is six hundred thousand dollars. You know, wow. so, so you know to to for someone to give you a couple hundred thousand back then, right, and right, and buy a house, you wouldn't be in Beverly Hills, right, 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 right. But but you have a house. You could be in Inglewood. You know, you could be in Southgate. You could be in Linwood. <laughs> You'd be Carson, you'd have a house. <laughs> so, so it was good money, but um, now if network money is still similar, I mean, network, if you're on a network show, yeah, you're still going to make, you know, well over a hundred thousand in salary. Then you're going to get a couple of shows that you're responsible for. They'll pay you like 20 or $25,000 for. So if you're on a 22, gotcha. if you're on a seven writer team and you got 21 episodes, that means two of those episodes are going to be yours. And you get probably twenty five thousand or so for each one of those. Okay. And you get okay. Salary. So it's still a, it's still good money for a studio, but independence. Okay, you might not get make it. You might not make as much. You might not make nearly as much, but right. you get your story told. Right, 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 right. And it's yours. Thank you. You know, and and at this point, I mean, I'm fifty seven, so I'm. It's all about the stories now. I want to get there are things that I have lived through or relationships that I've had, relationships that I wanted to have. Um, right. There's elements of black love that I want to express because it is different. You know, mm -hmm. um, there's elements of that that I want to express that I now can. And I'm not interested in, in as much the money. I, I want to tell the stories. Hey, I definitely understand that. And uh, I, speaking of black stories, yeah, you mm -hmm. consider yourself specializing in a romantic romantic uh comedy yeah, uh, yeah what that's, made that's, you what made you take that route as far as not only is it romantic but romantic comedy uh is that because of the comedic background that you you have or was it just hey yeah. i think things looks better when you merge these two together 
I think comedy, the one thing I learned when I was doing comedy punch-up, comedy helps you identify with any character. A lot of the things that I punched up back in the day were dramas. You know, you might have a villain that, you know, you know you're going to hate the villain. There's a reason you hate the villain. (laughs) Right. He's killing people or he's causing havoc. He's doing all kinds of things. But in order for you to identify with that villain, He's got to have either some quirky behavior or some something right. that draws him that makes you at least want to care about him enough to see him through the rest of the movie before <laughs> the rest of the kill. You know, if you right. hate him one on, okay, you're gonna get tired of hating him by page forty. Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah. you got to give him something, and, and the same is true with love stories. Um, in my personal life, um, I'm. I'm I'm generally a humorous person, so the way that I attract attract attracted women, <laughs> I'm married. <laughs> I'm married for a long oh, yeah, time. you better put the you better put the ED on the end of that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so um, yeah, back in my dating days, <laughs> the way that I attracted women was with humor. Um, gotcha. There's a uh, my my motto then was if you make them laugh they'll make you breakfast, um, so my life is a romantic comedy you know the even gotcha. my current you know I'm, I've been married thirty plus years, um, I'm going to infuse humor in everything that I do at my house you know at work and all that stuff because that's just who I am, um, so my love relationships have had elements of humor in them all the time. Gotcha. Um, Got to. The advantage of being a writer now is, like, even the girls that I couldn't get, I can say all the things that I should have said that I didn't say, I can now say in a script. And I can have her react the way I wished she had reacted when, you know, when I was <laughs> back in the day. So um, that's, that's the event. That, that's my niche. That's what I do. I write romantic comedy because my life was one big romantic comedy and really kind of still is. Um, But I've been asked to write more drama lately. And I find that that's, humor usually comes from places of pain a lot of times, you know, and even my romantic comedy stuff came from, you know, my perception of having to work too hard to get the girl while the pretty back then in the 80s, the light skinned wavy hair dude, you know, got the girls. Chocolate, Chocolate Brothers wasn't in then, you know. So um, I had frustrations with always competing with these light skinned, you know, wavy haired, green eyed dudes in the 80s. So my humor comes from that. It comes from a degree of pain and insecurity. Um, you had drama, the, uh, Albie Shores taking over back then. Oh, if I saw it, I'll be here tomorrow, and I'm in my car. That brother getting the business. <laughs> that brother, him and El DeBarge. I've been that ever since while I'm driving. <laughs> I still burn incense to a to a, like a Wesley Snipes temple because he brought him and Jim brought Dr. Brother back, and we ain't leaving.